Okay, let's go. <clears throat> okay. So welcome everybody to this little talk I'm going to have with Jacques DeVos. Uh, first of all, I'm Lotta Erickson. I'm a SSI training director, a free diver, obviously. I know Jacques since many years, but we live in different countries now, so we don't see each other much. And he developed from being non-free diver all the way up to running Orca uh, groups in Norway. So let's introduce yourself. Jack DeVos, obviously, from? Yeah, so originally I'm from South Africa, a small town called Fishhook, which is near Cape Town. I guess most people know roughly where that is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, now I live in Tenerife in the Canary Islands, not Norway. Yeah. That's a big jump. <laughs> okay, so uh, where did you start freediving in all this? So basically, uh, as far back as I can remember, we've always lived close to or near the ocean. Uh, my dad was in the Navy, so it was always close to the sea. So pretty much as far back as I can remember, I've always been swimming and diving, you know, the kind of freediving you do when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and basically, I was always in the water, in the ocean, always swimming, diving. But in, I think it was 2008, I did my first semi-formal introduction uh, course to freediving. Uh, that was with Hanley Prinsloor. And very shortly after that, I did my first Ida two-star uh, with Linda Paganelli, which started in Cape Town. Ah, and, yeah. of course. And if you remember, in in same year, 2000, what was it, 2010, actually. Yeah, 2010, I came up to Dab. That's when I met you. Yes. And yeah, that's kind of where things got serious. That's a long time ago now. 10 yeah. years. Uh, uh, here we can see some video. Yeah, so this is all stuff from Cape Town. From Cape uh, Town, yeah. I think we're going to see a bit more, but obviously we have the kelp forests there, like you see here. Yeah, that's uh, one thing that I never got to dive in or swim in or freediving like kelp forest they seem so awesome that's it's another one of, those, of my dreams <laughs> one of those questions people ask me like what's the best diving you've ever done or what's your favorite diving and mm. honestly next to orcas or very close next to orcas it's kelp forests there's just so much life in there and like the abundance of life is unreal yeah so um and i lived so in Dab, you, as you know yeah so you started in cape town Yep. Did your first course, went to the hub. Here we are. You became instructor. Yeah. And eventually uh, even instructor trainer. Yep. So yeah. I was there from 2010 till 2015, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And in that time I went from, what did I, I was a IDA instructor. Eventually SSI, we were talking about it just now. It's 10 years almost. Well, it's 10 years since we did the SSI 40th anniversary uh what was it like celebration in, yeah in, uh, in Safaga, Safaga. Safaga, right yeah yep yeah uh, <clears throat> introducing freediving to all SSI <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, good times good um, old days okay so uh that made you an IT eventually and you're in Dahab but now you're running rocket trips in Norway what happened in between that how did that happen it's very interesting. So, uh, one of my first ever freediving students, literally, I think one of the first ones I had, 
um, was a guy from Switzerland. He's an inventor, a scientist. He does a lot of stuff with ETH in the University of Zurich. Uh, we, we stayed friends from his first course. And he actually came back to Dab and also to Cape Town when I was teaching there. And we kept mm-hmm. in touch. And many years later, um, we were in Dab. We were having one of the Freedive Dab desert dinners in Wadi Gnai. And quite randomly, we were having a discussion about uh, things you've always wanted to do. And he was just, if I remember correctly, fresh from a trip to Belize in the Blue Hole there. He was diving there. And then they asked me, like, what's the one thing you've always wanted to see or do? Or So I just, you know, since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to see an orca. I've had an obsession with orcas since forever. Okay. And then he kind of went, oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, it would actually be cool to go and see them in the wild. And they went, yeah, it would be. And he says, he kept adding, he said, yeah, and even more, like, it would actually be very useful to my work because he, at the time, was designing something I cannot go into too much detail about. But he could use the footage of orcas moving underwater, uh, basically to emulate their moving in this technology. Mm. So he just there in the desert, the desert at night. He proposed, uh, "Let's go to Norway and go and film some orcas, and I can do some acoustic studies and stuff." And I thought it was a joke. I was laughing. It's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, right. So he said, "No, no, just give <laughs> me a second. Happen. And he went to one of some of his other friends were there as well. Also, guys I know quite well. And they had a little huddle, little meeting, and he came back and he said, yeah, okay, so you take responsibility of organizing an expedition and, you know, we'll take care of the funding and all that stuff and let's go do it. And it was pretty crazy. I think that was shortly before October. And as most people know, the the orca season in Norway starts around October. But uh, at that time, I knew nothing about where you could dive with orcas i didn't know you know there was industries where you could possibly do it or so i went through all the research you know, because the point was to actually get in the water with the orcas yeah, you know exactly. not just go look at them from a boat yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> i started with new zealand and we ran into some hurdles we went through the process of applying for research permits for canada but it would take too long so I just, by chance, I found out that there was some people sometimes snorkeling and doing stuff with orcas in Norway. So now we're right before orca season and I started reaching out to, there was only, you know, one or two operators there. Um, hi, Pierre. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, I wrote and I said, you know, we have this research project. We want to come up. We need a boat and we want to come. And everyone's like, no, we're full. We cannot take you. It's just before the season. So out of desperation, I contacted a sailing charter and I kind of explained of, you know, what it is we, we were planning on doing, which was work with hydrophone arrays, hydrophone systems and some other stuff. And they'd never had divers on board or free divers for that matter. So they were curious, but by, kind of cautious. And they said, yeah, you know, we have this big catamaran and, you know, how many guys are you? And I said, well, we're three guys and we want to come up for, you know, quite a few days. And uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll give it a try. And so long story short, uh, I arranged all the logistics. I, we went up there, never done with orcas in my life. I think the first day we went out, there was a big storm, big waves, and pretty much the first black fins we saw, we just looked at one another and went, oh, this is why <gasps> okay. we came, jumped in the water. And within seconds, we had orcas, humpbacks, you know, herring. It's still one of the most memorable experiences ever. Uh, mm. Everything brand new. I'd never seen them in the water. And, Okay, so that, that was day one, and the week just got better and it progressed. And by the end of that session or that you know, trip, 
I had the situation where now I've done this thing, which it was the number one thing I've wanted to do in my life. And it's coming to an end. And I knew that, you know, the odds of me getting back there and doing the same thing just on my own is pretty slim. It's not every time in your life. Very often you get somebody say, hey, where do you want to go? Exactly. Anywhere in your, they say, I want to go there. Okay, I pay for you to do it. It's not going to yeah. happen again. <laughs> Most probably. It's exactly that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I started thinking and the skipper was on our boat was the owner of the sailing charter. So the company mm. is called Boreal Yachting. They're one of Norway's biggest uh, yachting operators mm. and awesome guys. And so Ivar was the captain. He was with us. He's one of the uh, part owners. I sat down and I started talking to him and I said, what if I bring like-minded people up here and, you know, we start sharing this with other people. And, you know, really friendly. He's like, yeah, you know, we can give it a try. They didn't really think I'd be able to find people to come up. And yeah, pretty much from there, the next year, we had sold out weeks and I brought up the first freedivers. Mm. And that's kind of where it started. So from year to year, we got more interest. Um, yeah, and now it is what it is now. We've got Arctic freediving and yeah, we're taking people diving in Norway. So how many, I mean, a group on the boat, you said it was a catamaran, this is still the same catamaran, like how many people is it in a group? Uh, so originally the groups were slightly bigger. We actually started bigger, six people maximum, mm -hmm. but on average it was about five. And through the years, we've actually made the group smaller and smaller. So now we're down to maximum four. Okay. Um, has a lot to do with how the animals interact with people, you know, doing things ethically and keeping things as safe and as, you know, controlled as possible. Normally got two boats and it's four boats, four boats. Sorry, four people, four people. Four people. <laughs> so now you have two boats. In the beginning it was one boat. Only one. So and that's how much it grows. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So we get a lot of requests to expand even more, to take more people. And it's just something I don't really want to do. I want to keep it small. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's the best way to do it, not just for us, but also for the clients. Yeah, uh, here's a little picture you see right now is one of the orca calves. Uh, this is, yeah, as you'll see later, it's definitely one of the highlights for most of the people. If you're lucky enough to see something like that, it's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list. So obviously we're seeing your photos here now. You, you, you're, you're also a photographer. Wow. Are you a videographer? Like when, when did that start? Would that start with the freediving or with the orcas? Um, or? I was taking pictures from well, many, many years ago. Even before I got really serious about diving, I was already shooting from Still have my old reflexes and stuff. Uh, as a scuba instructor, I got very serious about underwater photography. I had a great instructor who was a very good photographer himself. And he basically got me into it. And this was in the days when I was still diving in Cape Town. So we were lucky to have the seven gill cow sharks and you know the kelp forests. And as you see here, that's that's kind of where it started. And yeah, it got serious yeah, it's from there. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I remember you talking about the seven gill cow sharks a lot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Okay, so it kind of went already before like when you were scuba yeah and then it kept going wow then it no. turned into stuff like this i mean <laughs> i was in dahab with you guys 
with just being the Red Sea, it's so easy to get amazing clear water shots, mm, and mm. especially with free divers. And then we had all the competitions in the blue hole. And you know, as you remember, I was always the guy on the side with the camera. With the camera, always, yeah. yeah. So when you first went up to Norway, it was to take pictures and, and film the orcas, obviously. Yeah. And then it turned down to, to bring people to share their experience with you. But you're still doing the photo and the videos, obviously. Uh, yeah, so it has multiple purposes. One of the, the main things is I actually still work with a Swiss friend of mine. Um, so we do a lot of acoustic stuff. But on the picture and video side, mm. um, a lot of the media I capture goes to research, uh, conservation, ID work, that kind of stuff. And at the same time, I... <laughs> Firstly, I also, from time to time, I make short films and videos and stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's still something I take seriously. It's still something yeah. I do. Here comes another nice kelp. So yeah, the kelp pictures are pictures. slightly mixed, but it's mixed between Cape Town, Dahab. Uh, the shark you saw there was a Mako that was Cape Town as well. The one. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I was really lucky when I was scuba diving in Cape Town. Uh, I had a very good, have a very good friend there who owns Pisces divers. That picture, I just have to say, before it disappears, that got quite famous. Yeah, I got a bit yeah. of circulation. So, <laughs> yeah. Eel Garden in Dahab. Yeah, the beautiful uh, place. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry for interrupting you. I'm oh, no. oh, just saying that uh, I was lucky with Pisces divers. Uh, a lot of the diving I managed to do in Cape Town was because of Mike, if you're listening. Uh, he, they were always very supportive of my diving and the photography and mm. stuff like that. So that was really awesome. Yeah. Cool. And then now, so you're still doing a lot with the photo video things, mm -hmm. but beside organizing this orca diving for people, you do take part in some orca research also, what I know. Can you tell us a little bit about that maybe? What yeah. we're doing with that in Norway? So, yeah, um, me, I'm personally, I am not a qualified marine biologist. My background is chemical engineering. Um, I get the question a lot, like, how can I do what you do? Like, how I ended up where I am is a lot of chance. But it's mm. also supporting, you know, the right people, the right efforts, which I think is really important. So from the beginning, uh, the very first year we went to Norway, we started working with guys like the Norwegian Orca Survey, uh, who is an organization I very strongly support. And a lot of the work we do now, or I do now, is linked to more supporting what it is they're doing. Mm. Um, definitely check it out. They're the only full-time orca research and conservation group in Norway. And one of their two, well, one of their several big projects, or the one that we get clients involved in as well, mm. is part oh, okay. of the Norwegian Orca ID catalog. And yeah, you'll see on the website here, if you go to www.norwegianorca-id.no, I think it's right there. Yeah. Um, you have this interactive website where you can actually scroll through the ID to Orca population of Northern Norway. So this is created and run by the Norwegian Orca survey. And that is literally them going out and taking ID pictures of Orca it's usually the fin and the saddle patch, which is the white patch behind the dorsal fin. What you see on top of the water? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just out of interest, you can see they've got 1,145 identified orcas, and that's only mature orcas. They don't include calves. 
Mm. So what we do is um, we get clients from all over the world. And of course, we get a lot of people who are quite serious about photography. So they have long lenses or, you know, semi-decent DSLR or, you know, good cameras. Mm. And anyone can contribute to that project in that we basically explain to our clients as part of the presentation at the beginning of it is what type of pictures you need to take and how to send that information to the Orca survey. So mm -hmm. you, as any individual from anywhere, become a citizen scientist and that they can use that information. They can ID the Orca if it's a new one yeah. or if it's one they recognize, they can actually see because they'll ask you where you took the picture and we can Exactly, they see a little bit how they move. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you can monitor everything from how a pod is doing, how the population is doing. And beyond that, the Orca survey, they're based in Andenus. Um, they do a lot of work on other types of predation. So feeding other types on of predation or hunting. Okay, okay. Um, mm -hmm. Be careful how I answer this question, but a lot of people say, oh, the orcas in Norway, they only eat herring, and this is why we can die with them, which is not true. They also feed on you know, seals and whales and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll get into why it's not something to worry about a little bit later. <laughs> but with this ID information, the orca survey can then basically use that information to you know, see if the same individuals are feeding on different prey, prey types. So they do incredible work, and we, you know, we gladly support them. And then, okay, the video you see here now, uh, this is one of the last things I was helping them out with. Um, the Orca survey also basically not fig exclusively figured out, but helped with the research in proving that the Orcas in that region, uh, this is the Andoya region, that they were feeding on a newly discovered type of prey, which is lumpfish. Um, if anyone eats caviar, that's the kind of fish you get the caviar from. Mm -hmm. So my role in this was the in-water guy. So orca survey, they don't get in the water. So basically when you see the yeah, orca Yeah, I think here, you, you told me before, like they were happy to meet you because they get, could yeah. get pictures underwater yeah. because they just stay on the boat. Yeah, exactly. So, so my this, role in this was if we would basically follow the animals around and when we saw uh, a specific type of predation behavior, I would jump in the water and as quickly as possible scoop up any of the remains, as you can see there, um, for them to then be able to prove that that was lumpfish. And you have to do that a few times. Mm. And yeah, they actually proved that this is a new type of prey species. And uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be included as one of the co-publishers of this paper. And you can find that on Marine Mammal, Congratulations. Marine Mammal Science website. Thank you. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, beyond that, it's just the acoustic stuff which is ongoing. And as far as mm -hmm. we can, we try and you know give back and yeah support the efforts which are ongoing. That's super nice. Uh, so technically, this is your full time job now, right? Or uh, it is seasonal in the sense that I am there basically the whole winter. But of course, mm -hmm. the rest of the year, I'm not always in Norway. Uh, we do run trips in summer. Uh, same with Boreal Yachting. We send people up to Svalbard, if anyone's interested. Polar bears. Again? Svalbard. Yeah, Svalbard, uh, I heard. But what yeah, do you so do In June, July, we do okay. have expeditions to go there. So I do that with my partners, Boreal Yachting. And that's okay. not diving. That's all topside. So you basically go up on yachts and you can see polar bears, walruses, okay. uh, belugas, glaciers. There's a never-ending list of cool stuff so you go there in the summer also every year 
yeah, not yeah. every year. Uh, when it is possible for me to go up, I mm. do like to join. So yeah, mm. it's definitely one of those places that if you're serious about nature and want to see someplace absolutely pristine and untouched, it's definitely a place to visit. So obviously this year it wasn't possible with all the restrictions and stuff, but hopefully again next year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so yeah. to answer your question, uh, with the orcas, the, sorry, the Arctic freediving stuff, I'm always working in the sense that I'm always trying to communicate with potential clients and answering questions. Yeah, of course. But I'm there yeah. in the winter. That's it. Yeah. And other than that, you teach? Any freediving uh, courses still? Not or? as much as I used to. Uh, I do a lot of commercial photography and video. So mostly for, I do stuff for watch brands and uh, lifestyle kind of brands and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to do here in Tenerife. We've got clear water. It's semi-warm, not as warm as Dab. And uh, yeah, I do some stock footage stuff as well. And on occasion, I make my own short films and films and stuff. And I'm actually, I've just started editing a new one now. So for everyone who's been asking, is there will be a new one coming eventually. So yeah. And what is it about? Orcas. No yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> a specific. Now, I'll do my best to include or? some some impacts. No, this time uh, last one I did was about orcas feeding around fishing boats. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a couple of years ago. This time it's uh, it's a bit more general. It's just footage and stuff I've captured and. I realized a lot of people just like to see what it is we experience up there. So it's yeah. more like that.